Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 790, 790. And this one is especially to the governments of the world, which are the beast. The Bible tells us that the one world government would be intact with the one world cult from Rome, which runs the government and is telling everybody that we all have to be religious and instead of being salvationist. And also, uh, this uh, Antichrist in Rome with its government and the media, the major media that's brainwashed, rather brain damaged you people out in the world to the point of exasperation. It's absolutely, uh, seems uh, almost impossible to pull you people out of your deception the deception that Satan has penetrated your brain. I have a strong message today. I'm continuing in the uh, 12th chapter of the book of Proverbs. I've got music and uh, some letters here. But right now, let's. Uh, I'm going to pray, and you pray with me, that God will give you folks out there exactly what it is that you need to cause you to stand one more day uh, just one day at a time, in the Spirit of God. Uh, you're not walking in the letter, the Word of God. You're not walking in the Spirit of God. That's what God said. Now, if you want to argue with Him, you do it, but not on my time. Father, anoint this service, this program number 790. Anoint it and uh, make it to where the words that you say through me will uh, heavily influence the people of the world and your future bride. I say it, Lord God, and I ask it. And also, Lord, uh, I pray that you will rebuke Satan with your uh, mighty force to rebuke. I ask you that you do that, that souls may be saved and that the body of Christ, the future bride of Christ, not religions, but that they be strengthened, the uh, people of you, Lord, your family, your body, your bride. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone says amen. Amen. Okay, here is uh, Johnny Cash, John Cash, uh, singing a song about you know, people think that they can continue in sin, and then all of a sudden, when they see the wrath of God come down, that they can pull out of it, that they can repent. But this would be very hard for you to do. Uh, you have to repent now when the Spirit is dealing with you, and so that you can be mature enough to stand in the day of wrath. Run on by Johnny Cash or God's gonna cut you down is the the way he calls the name of this song go ahead play it you can run on for a long time run on for a long time run on for a long time sooner or later gotta cut you down Gonna gotta cut you down. Go tell that long tongue liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. 
Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell them that God's gonna cut them down. Tell them that God's gonna cut them down. Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knee, talking to the man from Galilee. He spoke to me with a voice so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of angels' feet. He called my name and my heart stood still. When he said, "John, go do my will. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut 'em down. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut 'em down. You can run on for a long time. Run on." For a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Well, you may throw your rock, hide your hand, working in the dark against your fellow man. But as sure as God made black and white, what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. You can run on for a long time, run on. For a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut you down. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut you down. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut you down. Yeah, you tell 'em, Johnny. <laughs> I love that song. I love the way it's arranged and everything. It's just, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people. <laughs> the uh, Or little kids, and they watch their mother washing clothes. You know, and that washing machine just got ram. <laughs> that that sound as you hear the going throughout this song, and uh, that's where I've heard a lot of producers saying they got uh, songs like this where they get the riff in the background uh, for the song with the the monotony of the uh, washing machine. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, there's a lot of people that、uh, make up excuses for their own neglect to repent, and their own neglect、uh, for doing the things that Christ says to do. And sooner or later, I mean, you know, I, I've seen so many people that I saw them going on that horrible course of theirs. Uh, living a worldly life and thinking that they're fine and that they're not—they never murdered anybody, and they never did this or that—and yet they never repented either. And therefore, this、uh, is infuriating to the Lord. So you can make up all kinds of excuses. I live a good life. I don't hurt anybody, yeah, but、uh, I don't want to repent. I don't want to take up the cross and follow the Lord. I don't want to do it, but in the twelfth chapter of the book of Proverbs, it says, "Whoso loves the instruction, well, instruction of what? It's the instruction of life, the instruction for you to be able to have eternal life, because、uh, you know this、uh, thing that 
Christ did at Calvary. He was like, his beard was ripped out. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he just wanted to show you the enormity of sin, the things that caused him to do that. He didn't need to come down uh, from glory if he just didn't give a, a, a hoot about humanity. He didn't care anything about us. But he knows that hell is so bad. And the Lord set up a, um, a structure, a universal structure that uh, there's a heaven and a hell. And he uh, gave instructions to Adam and Eve that, uh, you know, it's a small instruction, you may think. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, don't eat of the things of the world. Because anything that I tell you not to do, it that's of the world. And if you transgress it, it may seem small to you. But because of the fact that it's so small, it becomes great. In other words, you're going to sell your soul to Satan. And you're going to sell all of humanity to Satan because you think it's such a small thing. No, because any transgression, disobedience to God's word, as uh, little as it is, uh, becomes extremely huge, so huge that all of humanity has eventually, they must die. They have to die. And uh, there's, they have to go to hell if they don't repent of their sins. Now, you may not like that, and that's why God doesn't like you, if that's the way you are, that you don't want to repent. You want to listen to the messages, but you want to go and just keep doing what you're doing. Well, whoso loveth instruction, how to get into heaven and stay out of hell, loves uh, knowledge. You love knowledge because, you know, if you don't have knowledge, then you're ignorant. And if you're ignorant, it may seem blissful now, but when you have to pay the price of going to hell... That isn't going to be so blissful. So the Bible goes on to say, But he that hateth reproof uh, is brutish. Well, reproof of what? Well, uh, we preachers keep preaching that you people are murdering humanity. Um, and there's so much uh, of this uh, murdering of humanity on television. It's like um, it. Um, uh, we are created in the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ, of God. And uh, to show your hatred to God, you murder your little babies. And these babies are also formed in the image and likeness of God. And so you're brutish. You don't want to know what God has to say about that, and so you don't want to know about hell. But because of that, that's exactly where you will go if you don't begin, uh, uh, if you don't stop making excuses for your neglect of repentance or your uh, rule, the rules and regulations of Christ. In other words, he says he wants to live in us, and he wants you to stop murdering. He wants you to stop listening to people like President Bush, who uh, attacked 
uh, Iraq, and uh, all the different places, he is led by uh, Satan. Uh, the Pope is the embodiment of Satan on earth, according to the Bible. Now, you can debate about that, but I don't debate. When God says something, I receive it into my heart, and therefore I am a person of God. If you don't receive, if you argue or you wrestle with the things that God has said, then you're not of the Lord. You're of the other, uh, who you call God. You worship Satan. Because to do what Satan says to do, this is a, 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 a death. But the sins and defects of others do not excuse anyone. You say, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is being a homosexual and a lesbian. So that gives you the excuse to do it, even though God says that your soul is going to go to hell for doing it. And that, uh, you, that means that you're led by the things that the people of Satan do instead of uh, repenting. So what you're doing is neglecting repentance and uh, the allowing Christ to live in you so that you can have the power to not do the things that the people of Satan are doing and that Satan wants to do with you. Satan doesn't love you. He wants you to live in bliss until your spirit is pulled out of you and uh, that you go right up to judgment and then are slung into hell in the lake of fire. You don't like my message. Oh, that's so sad. And you're so afraid to come to my church because you're afraid of persecution. Uh, you're so afraid to step out because you're afraid of persecution. But the Bible says that you've the fearful and the unbelieving, the ones that don't believe God and those that are fearful to make a strong and powerful stand for God, that uh, you will not be in heaven. It says the uh, fearful and unbelieving shall spend eternity in the lake of fire. And won't that be fine, won't it? It'll be so serene, you think. No, it won't. Burning has never been a thing that's serene. So um, the sins and defects of all the people in the world that you see them doing that uh, and you say, they've influenced me, Lord, rather than letting the word of God influence you into doing his will. Well, because this is a small voice of God saying, you better do what I say instead of what all these nudniks are doing. But you let the others, uh, all these sins and defects of others, uh, cause you to say, well, if they're Doing it, God's certainly not going to send the whole world to hell. If they're sinners and there's sin on the soul, believe me, God is good, but he's also very severe. He, he will send them. Do you remember in the Bible where it says there was a big flood and only eight people were saved out of it? Don't you remember that? Yes. Okay, well, I'm saying that also to you folks out in radio land. For the Lord has not given us uh, a corrupt human pattern to follow what you're seeing in the world today is corruption and the lord never gave us a corrupt uh, any corruption or a pattern of corruption to follow uh, the uh, the lord 
is 100% squeaky clean, and everyone that gets into the kingdom of heaven will be squeaky clean too. The Lord never had one spot or blemish on him uh, spiritually. And he said that if we're sons of God, we must be without spot or blemish. Uh, so the Son of God has been given as our example uh, that we have to be perfect. And God, you know, when you hear uh, Charles Stanley or any of these other phonies telling you that no one can be perfect, the man is a liar because uh, the actual uh, mystery of godliness is that God lives in human flesh. He started out by living in human flesh in the man, Jesus, and then when he uh, was crucified, sent to hell for because of us, and resurrected and then ascended into heaven, he became the uh, the total, grand total of the Godhead. And he, when we pray to him, God, save our soul in the name of Jesus, Jesus, enter into my heart, then he enters into us and he begins living again in human flesh, in our mortal bodies. And so that's the mystery of God that so many people, uh, so few people don't understand that you must be like God. You must be perfect. Well, before we're saved, we're not perfect because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's why Christ came into the world to give us uh, salvation, forgiveness of sins. But he, he says, go and sin no more. I want to live my life out in you. And I'm not going to live in human flesh that is sinning. So let's get that straight right off the bat. That The Bible always says that. And so the example that you're following uh, people that are corrupt in this world is no excuse at the judgment bar of God for you to um, have done those things. Uh, because again, the Lord has not given us uh, a spirit of corruption uh, as a human pattern to live by or to follow. Uh, Jesus said that we are to be like him and we're, we'll do more than what he did because there'll be more of us that are sons of God. Sons of God with the Spirit of God living in and through us. So anyone that doesn't uh, do this, that doesn't uh, love uh, instruction like I'm giving you, what you do is uh, you're, um, you hate us. You hate reproof because you're brutish you're like a brute beast you're stupid you're ignorant and uh, there isn't anything that anybody can do with you not even god can convince you so we are to be the bride of christ well aren't we now No, that the marriage is at the marriage supper of the lamb in the kingdom of heaven but if we continue on on a daily basis then we certainly will be there at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to be there, and uh, we are the bride of Christ then. So we don't get saved uh, when we go up to heaven. We must be saved with the Spirit of God in us here, and we must be following 
the things that he tells us to do. And uh, you say, well, there were so many influences around me in the world and the world is so corrupt. And the whole, everybody was corrupt. Oh, everyone was a sinner and they had defects. It's no excuse to anyone because what are you going to follow these corrupt people or are you going to follow the incorruptible God? What's with you? Corruption is uh, very easy to do. But the Lord says that uh, being a Christian, you're going to have to come to the Lord and cry out to him. And then he says, okay, I'll enter into you now. Here's what I want you to do. And it says it in the word of God. My word is law, he says. So I want you to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me. You have to take up your cross now. What do you mean? I thought you're the only one that dies out to the world and uh, got on the cross. No, there's a cross that we have to carry. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for you and me. And if you don't carry it, well, then you're going to be filled full of corruption. Just like all the lesbians and the prostitutes and the homosexuals and all the unrepentant people. Um, you're neglecting your salvation. You're neglecting the Lord God who created you and is going to judge you. So uh, your neglect of repentance uh, or your duty to the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, would cause your soul to spend eternity in the lake of fire. So don't let the sins and the defects of others influence you because that won't be any excuse. That will not compute with God. No excuse to anyone. For, Lord, for the Lord God has not given us the um, corrupt human pattern to follow, but uh, the pattern that he gave us to follow has been given uh, as our example. And what was that pattern? The pattern is the Lord Jesus Christ, folks. We are to be his bride. Uh, and those who complain of the wrong cause and the wrong course of professed Christianity. I mean, you're complaining that you have to take up the cross and follow the Lord, as he said, and to deny yourself? Why are you complaining about that? That's the only way to the kingdom of heaven. So we that are professing Christians not just professing, but people that are really carrying the cross, we are the ones who are showing the people of this world the better lives and the people that have the same example as Christ. So people have a different conception 
of what a Christian should be. But it's not the Bible example of what a Christian should be. Uh, the example is Christ. Amen? Yeah. And the disciples, the apostles. So these people that are not doing that, they claim to be Christians, but they're not. Their sin is, uh, their sins are so much greater even than the people on the streets because they're professing to be something that they're not. They're not the example of Christ and they don't want to be. They hate the cross. Uh, the old rugged cross is uh, despised and hated by the world the worldly people because they don't want to deny themselves anything. That's why everybody's got so many credit cards and they just are, I'll buy what I want even if I can't pay for it. But we know what is, uh, what the right thing is to do and we know what is wrong. We, the right thing is to be the example uh, of the example. The example, again, is Jesus. Uh, well, how do we know it? Read the Bible, because that's the only way you're going to know the truth. And when you know the truth, which is Christ, who is Christ, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Then you'll know what is right. But yet... If you know what is right and refuse to do it, beware of procrastination. Well, oh well. The media has taught you these things, but the media is so corrupt. Don't you see that? If you don't see that the media is corrupt, then you're blind. Read Christ and what he says to do, and then look at the media, and then you'll see what it is. Do not put off the work of forsaking your sins and seeking uh, holiness, perfection, purity of heart, and the way you can do that, because you go, all power in heaven and earth is given unto the Lord. And you do that through Christ. Once Christ is living in you, then you have the power to be pure. You have the power to forsake your sins. So you utterly forsake them. And you'll have purity of heart. Only through Jesus living in you. Here is the, um, the voice of the Lord is in the word of God. The word of God is God and it is the Holy Spirit. And when you choose to live in sin, you're denying the Holy Spirit. So when you, or you're saying, I want to put it off for a while. Well, this kind of delay really is the worst kind of sin because the Holy Spirit is pleading with you to come because he doesn't want your soul to spend eternity in the lake of fire. So uh, 
when you're uh, saying that you want to delay uh, coming unto the Lord, this is real big-time sin. However small it is, it uh, the smaller it is, the bigger it is in the eyes of God. Because it's so little to do. If God told you to stand on one foot uh, for uh, an hour a day, or to count all the sand on the beach, then you'd say, this is a cruel God. But he says, all you got to do is come unto me and get this power so that you can, uh, so that I can live my life out in you. So the smaller the sin is that you commit, that shows you that you're selling your soul for something so small. And that makes the sin bigger. No matter how small the sin may seem, it, um, it is esteemed by God as being higher. And when you indulge in it, you're only doing it, you're indulging in it only at the peril of your own uh, infinite loss. It's your loss, not the Lord's. What we do not overcome in this world will overcome us and work for sure. It'll be the power of our destruction. Like Adam and Eve persuaded themselves that it is uh, so small of a thing just to be eating of the forbidden fruit. There could not result such terrible consequences as God had declared upon them if they did it. But this extremely small which they see, which is the bigger, what could be bigger than this small matter, was the transgression of God's law. And God is good, I'm going to say it again, but he's very severe. His immutable and holy law. And it cannot be broken without consequences. Bad consequences, evil consequences. And it separated mankind when Adam and Eve did that. It separated mankind from God and opened the floodgates of death and untold woe and hell and the lake of fire upon the face of this, uh, this uh, planet that we're on. Thousands of years after thousands of years, and the, the earth is only 6,000, we're into the seventh millennium now. No matter what these phony, unsaved scientists tell you, it's only 6,000 years, and we're on the 7,000, and this is the perfect number of the Lord, and this is the millennium that Christ will come back to earth again. Age after age. There has gone up from our earth a continual cry of mourning, and the whole creation groans and travails together in pain as a consequence of this small little matter, this small disobedience of man. Something even small in itself 
That is so enormous. Don't think that any sin is small, folks. The smaller it is, I, saw, I had an in, insight of that. Like, I was so hungry. I owned a Beatles album. I had all these things. But when I got saved, I gave everything away. And one day I was at Sue's, and we uh, uh, we were hungry, and we didn't have any money. And so somehow we scraped up a dollar to go get a loaf of bread and a little bit of syrup. And it was came to back then 99, 40, 44 years ago, about 99 cents. And there was a penny left. And I thought, oh, there's this penny candy here. I'm going to get one. But then I realized, am I going to sell my soul for a penny? That would be so disgraceful to have done such a thing like that in the eyes of God. He'd steal a penny and send his soul to hell. It doesn't matter how much you steal. If you steal anything, that's an enormous thing. If it's a penny, that becomes like as big as the universe. Because the Lord says not to do it. I didn't have permission to take it. And here I squandered hundreds of thousands of dollars on bars and different things that were of no consequences. And here I was so hungry that I wanted to spend that penny on that little piece of candy. And I wouldn't. And I took it back. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my law, my word, shall not pass away, the Lord says. The smaller the sin, the bigger it is. Heaven itself has felt the effect of man's rebellion against God. Calvary stands out as a memorial of the amazing sacrifice required uh, of Jesus to atone for the transgressions of the divine law of the word of God. Don't let yourself regard sin as a small matter, no matter how small. A trivial matter. Every act of transgression or sin, every neglect or rejection of the power of Christ is... Um, reacting upon yourself. All it is is that you're going to pay for whatever you sow, you're going to reap. It is a hardening of the spiritual arteries, the hardening of the heart, depraving your will, benumbing your soul, your understanding, and only making you less inclined to yield, but less capable of yielding to the tender pleading of the Lord's Holy Spirit. In other words, when you know you're doing wrong and you just don't pay any attention to it, it becomes so hard for you to ever be able to repent that when the time comes when the catastrophe hits, or you may be in an automobile accident or in a drive-by uh, assassination of yourself. Or say in a building like the World Trade Center. And you never repented. There were thousands of people that got out of the World Trade Center. But there was a chosen few in the upper floors. And some firemen that went up into the World Trade Center. And they weren't planning for that. 
But if they were Muslims, it's some false religion like Catholicism, and they have never repented, it doesn't make any difference how they cry and plead. The Lord, at one time in their life or another, has pled with them by his Spirit. Um, many people are saying, hey, poo poo, they're just hushing a troubled conscience. I don't want to think about it. Don't, don't tell me about that. I want to know. They're quieting or muffling a troubled conscience with the thought that they can change their course of evil when they choose. But they can't. They can't do that. That they can uh, trifle with the invitation of the Holy Spirit, the invitation of mercy, and yet be again and again impressed. They think that after doing despite to the Holy Spirit of power, after casting their influence on the side of Satan, we've sided in with Satan. They think that in a moment of terrible extremity, they will be able to change their course. But uh, this is not going to happen. First of all, it's not easily done. The experience and uh, education of a lifetime of sin has so thoroughly molded their soul, their character, their spirit, that few then ever desire to be, to receive the image of Jesus in them. They can't. They love to fornicate too much, to commit adultery too much, to be perverted in every way so much. There's so many small matters that they've never paid any attention to, and it doesn't mean anything to them. Even one wrong trait, one very small impediment of character, one sinful desire that persistently gnaws at them to the point to where they cherish it, will eventually uh, neutralize all the power of the gospel in their souls. Every sinful indulgence, what it does is strengthens the soul's aversion to God. Every time you commit small sins, um, you're indulging in the Satan spirit. It's Satan is strengthening in you your soul's aversion to God. You don't want God. You love the wages of sin, which is death. The man who manifests an infidel heart um, has a spiritual harden, hardness or the hardening of the arteries. Uh, he has a stolen indifference to God's divine truth. Is but uh, reaping the harvest 
of that which he has himself done. People send their own souls to hell. Whatever you're sowing, whatever any sinner is sowing, he's going to reap. In all the Bible, there is not a more fearful warning against trifling with evil. That's no big deal. I just do it once. I'll commit to tell three months. Uh, I don't want to be a virgin anymore. I, I, I want to have sex. So I want to try it. Like it's a hard thing to do or something. Trifling with evil. Then the words of the wise man. That the sinner, quote, shall be holden with the cords of his own sins. So what it does is the more you sin, the more these cords hold you, prevent you from uh, repenting. That's Proverbs 5.22. And being it is that we're in the book of Proverbs, we're going to continue reading in chapter 12. So who loves these instructions that I'm giving you? You love knowledge. When you love the knowledge of God of how to get into the kingdom of heaven, that means that you're concerned about being in heaven. But he that hates uh, instruction or the reproof is brutish. That means that you're like, um, you're ignorant, you're stupid. And you're only destroying your own soul. That's what that is. Now, verse 2. A good man obtains favor of the Lord. Do you think that you're obtaining favor of the Lord if you even steal one penny? That's saying, well, it's no big deal, stealing. The Lord never put any amount on what you steal or what you don't steal. He says, you're a thief, you're a thief. Take something that doesn't belong to you. You think it's no big deal to take something from somebody or to covet something that somebody has? Well, if I've caught you, if the Lord through his spirit in this program has caught you, don't try to hide from him or repent. Why? Because a good man obtains favor of the Lord. You, if you want to repent, you'll have the Lord's favor. But a man of wicked devices, you love to sin, will he condemn? Now, condemn, you know, when they condemn a building, that isn't that bad. Unless you own the building, then you're going to have to pay a lot of repairs. But when God condemns you, that means you're condemned forever. There's no way to get out of hell. There's no exit doors there or exit signs. Verse 3, a man shall not be established by wickedness. You're destroyed by it. But the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Um, do you think that a person is righteous if they get somebody pregnant and they tell them, come on, go have an abortion. We can't afford it. One thing I want to tell you is that you can't afford to abort a human body uh, that's forming 
in the womb that shall eventually be the image and likeness of God because it's molding in the womb. And if you do that, uh, you are a first-degree murderer. And it shows that you hate God. You don't pay any attention to what he says. And people have gotten so wicked today that they think that's a small matter. But I thought that a, a big matter was stealing a penny. How much more if you murder somebody or you take your clothes off? And have sexual relationships with people. Or if you uh, pose in pornography. Repent, the Bible says. Because a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Well, you want to laugh at the gospel? You idiot, you don't know that you're going to go out to meet God one second from now, one minute from now. You're an idiot. And you're wicked. And you think that you're right. Why? Because you're following the examples of all the other nudniks in the world. That's what you do. And you think because everyone's doing it, God has to forgive her. But no. Again, he drowned the whole world with the exception of eight people. He hasn't have to do anything but keep his word. And his word is that he's going to destroy you. So the sins and the defects of others do not excuse you from doing that. You say, well, there's so much corruption around me. I had to do it. No, you ask the Spirit of the Lord to enter into you, and then you deny these evil thoughts of yours and the things that uh, Satan is telling you to do in the spirit. Verse 5, the thoughts of the righteous are right and righteous, but the counsels of the wicked that you hear on TV are deceitful. Well, if you're deceived, Eve said she was deceived. And because of her sin, her disobedience to God, all of us have to die. Our bodies have to die. But those of us that are born again of the Spirit, we don't have to die because uh, our bodies die, but that's nothing. It's just the real us is the Spirit that's in us. The Spirit is going to live on forever. Verse 6, the words of the wicked are to lie in wait for blood. Right, they're murdering people on the streets. They're planning abortions, which is first-degree murder. But the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. Why would President Clinton want uh, to have me assassinated by John Peeler? He told him to when he was president. Well, it's because uh, I'm preaching uh, righteousness and to serve the Lord, and um, Clinton is murdering people. He's murdered many people. He's bombed. He brags about bombing uh, 50 different countries, and he's proud of that. And he commits fornication with women, and his wife says, well, he has a sex problem. And here, the wicked people in the world are wanting to vote for her for president. I... uh, 
to me, it doesn't make any difference who the president is because we're not to involve the weak people that are really of the Lord, not people that profess to be of the Lord. But we that really are of the Lord are not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this world because the world is full of darkness and the beams, the rays of God are beaming down by those of us that are preaching the gospel to you. And they're coming into your heart, your dark, wicked heart. Uh, and we're offering you the uh, uh, offer that no one should refuse. Because uh, either you will do what the Bible says, what God says, what uh, Christ is, God in the flesh, or you're going to the lake of fire for eternity. That should be an offer that you can't refuse. Amen? Amen. Okay, verse 7. The wicked are overthrown. What is wicked? If you even steal a penny. If you even think that God created you. He said everything was good. He never created homosexuals. He never gave cancer. People are receiving that because they refuse to do the will of the Lord. Don't blame God for what the devil is doing to you and the rest of this world. God may be pouring out his wrath on you, but it's because of your sin. And he's doing it in hopes that you'll repent and believe the gospel. So it's all up to you. Uh, you have to choose to do good or evil. And, you know, it's not going to hurt God no matter which way you go. Because if you do good, you go to heaven. If you do evil, that's God's way. If you do evil, you're going to the lake of fire, and that's God's way too. The wicked are overthrown and are not. They don't, they're not here anymore. But the house of the righteous shall stand and abide forever. All right, well, my I, we have some letters now. And I'm going to take this up manana, okay, tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. All right, let's hear what you have. You still have the last part of John Peeler's letter to me. He said we just got it in the mail a couple of days ago. Go ahead. To Pastor and Prophet Tony Alamo. To President George W. Bush, members of the United States Congress, Governor Mike Huckabee, members of the Arkansas Congress, national and state news media from John Gary Peeler regarding John Christopher Peeler. I participated in undercover activities for the United States Violent Crime Task Force, a combined effort of the BATF, FBI, V as in Victory, C as in Cat, USSS, the Arkansas State Police, and Little Rock Police Department in an effort to stop the Ku Klux Klan and Muslim terrorists plan to attack the White House, the World Trade Center, TCBY, and Stevens Buildings, the Arkansas State Capitol, Sherwood Communications Tower, and other potential Arkansas targets. Now, I want to interject here to say that the Q Klux Klan is also uh, another Vatican enterprise. Uh, they have so many secret societies on this earth that it's, uh, you know, for a layman, you don't know what's going on at all. Okay, and then read the rest of it, please. The agency targeted Pastor Tony Alamo, gunsmith Mike Esch, Professor Lane M. LaRue, KKK Phineas Priest Wilbur Hale, and Imam Jamil Al-Amin Al-Faris. These men were targeted for their political views. 
My assignment was to befriend, entrap, and frame these men for tax, firearms, and or terrorism crimes. It was through my efforts that these men were framed and convicted. I learned of the planned Oklahoma City bombing, and against task force orders, I wrote the president of this potential attack, three weeks prior to the event. In July 2001, I informed President Bush and Mayor Giuliani of the planned attack against the Twin Towers. To verify this, task force... Bush knew that that was going to happen. All the government top echelon knew that. They took part in it. Okay, then what? To verify this, task force agents have submitted me to three polygraph exams. I passed the FBI exam, administered by Special Agent W. Uh, William W. Beardsdorf of Little Rock, Arkansas. Little uh, Beardsdorf may be contacted by telephone number 501-221-9100, fax 501-228-8509. Due to my zealous task force involvement, my youngest son, John Christopher Peeler, was framed for an alleged murder in Arkansas. During the trial, no body, weapon, crime scene, or forensic evidence was introduced. The trial was a mockery of KKK perjury. Well, there's so many mockery trials. Let's finish this off tomorrow because our time is up. And the most important thing is for people to repent. Now, uh, you know, you say, well, you're living around this uh, corrupt uh, world in this world. and But this is not going to be any excuse at the judgment bar of God. Um you, you, you must not neglect uh, repentance, and you must not uh, neglect letting Christ live in you. So the sins and defects of others uh, cannot be your excuse, and, uh, for it cannot be the excuse for anyone. For the Lord has not given us the, uh, a corruptible pattern to follow. And uh, we start out by living an uncorruptible life, a life that is going to be in the kingdom of heaven and not in the lake of fire. And the way you start out by saying this prayer, say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And he says, go and sin no more. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do the same for me. Uh, I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, and Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away. I know because your word says that everyone that calls upon the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know, because you're the truth, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord, and uh, praise and thank the Lord that you're now spiritual and not just carnal at all. And uh, uh, Sharon, tell everyone how they can receive a copy of this program, number 790. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying, tune in tomorrow for another powerful message 
regarding what we are supposed to do to get into heaven and what we're not supposed to do uh, to go to hell. Uh, right now, this is um, myself singing with J.D. Sumner and the Sam's Quartet, Gospel Quartet, I, John. Well, and I just saw a body number Well, in the middle of the year Well, I just saw a body number Well, in the middle of the year Well, I just saw a body number Well, in the middle of the year Well, I just saw a body number Well, in the middle of the year Well, there were three gates singing the east Three gates singing the west Three gates singing the north Three gates singing the south Twelve gates to the city Four square wide Highly Will I chance on my number Well, in the middle of the year Will I chance on my number Well, his eyes flash by like the burning sun. Oh, John got scared and he wanted to run. Well, I wanted to run, but his feet wouldn't go. Because he felt the gospel come like a two-handed sword. Well, he heard a voice and said, John, take a look. But you see the land right above. He saw twelve angels in the east. Twelve angels in the west. Twelve angels in the north. Twelve angels in the south. Forty-eight angels to the city. Four square white. Hallelujah. Somebody know. Yeah, I'm just so hard to know. Way in the middle of the air. 